0: All right. If you grab your Bibles, turn with me. First John actually is where we're going to go. And uh, appreciate all the ministry today and our young people. Uh, again, let me reiterate to our Patch and Pee Wee workers. Thank you so much for your dedication throughout the year and your sacrifice in many ways. And uh, appreciate it much. Appreciate our children. Um, I've done it again. We've got about, uh, it's 6.49, in case some of you who aren't clock watchers, okay? And, uh, the night has gotten away from us. We have a few baptisms here in a moment, so going to do it again. I want to share something else with you from my heart, and devotion we will kind of pack away the message that we had planned, because I think it'll be a little longer than 10-15 minutes. And so I want to share with you First John chapter number 2, and the uh, Lord spoke to my heart through my own personal devotions about some truths out of here. And so I'll just share it with you, and we'll trust the Lord kind of encourage it. I think it's appropriate passage for tonight. And uh, I love how sometimes in Scripture, uh, God speaks to you and I as His children. That song that my family just played, Abba, Father, we've looked at it in Romans chapter number 8, and that bespeaks the adoption we have in God being joint heirs with Christ, and that Abba Father being an intimate relationship we have with the God of heaven, and friend, can I encourage you that ought to never grow old. Uh, and, and now listen we as when we got uh, to be teenagers or upper elementary okay and uh, I, uh, we never like to be called kids or children right and uh, boy I mean I'm not a child I'm 12 you know you remember those days maybe you have a 12 year old in your house and they say that often you know I I I'm not a little child can I tell you when God addresses you and I as little children we ought to eat it up We ought to enjoy that. I mean, we are called the children of God. And that's what he does in 1 John chapter number 2 and verse number 1. He says, my little children. And I think that's a great truth, and I want you to get a hold of that, and I want you to be thankful each and every day that you're a child of God, and that you can address him as Abba, Father, and he addresses us as his children. He says this, these things write I unto you, and the simplest among us can get this. We uh, sailors, you can get this. I write unto you that ye sin not. There's the goal, that we live righteous and holy. Can I tell you, in today's society, and even in some churches, holiness and righteousness is downplayed. You will not find that in the scriptures. God wants you and I to pursue holiness, pursue righteousness. So we maybe, let's never lose sight that that is God's goal for you and I to pursue, pursue, pursue righteousness and godliness. His desire, He writes unto us that what? That we sin not. So from the youngest saint here to the oldest saint, the oldest believer, the youngest believer, you and I ought to work daily. I don't want to sin today. I did this yesterday. That wasn't good. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have thought that. I shouldn't have done that. I want to do better tomorrow. I need to pursue righteousness and holiness. But isn't it true often we can get complacent? We can think we've arrived, we think that we have already achieved a a plateau and a level where I'm acceptable before God. My friend, we ought to perceive holiness, or pursue, excuse me, pursue holiness and righteousness. That's what he writes. But here's some good news. And has a period after it, but he says this, and if any man sin, we have an advocate. I love that statement. We have an advocate with the Father. Literally, you have someone who is working on your behalf. Hey, have, have any of you ever had to pay a lawyer to work on your behalf? I say work, and I use it in quotes, you know. They charge you. You wonder if they work, if they're an advocate. Literally, a lawyer is supposed to be an advocate for you before a judge in a court case in the court. They're supposed to go on your behalf. They're supposed to do, uh, defend you. They are supposed to work to uh, maybe mitigate some charges or, or, or explain that you're innocent, whatever the case may be. That is an advocate. So we have a great picture of what that is. Now, here's the reality, okay? When we see Sin, the Bible says we have an advocate. Jesus Christ, that's what he goes on to explain. Jesus Christ, how does it describe Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ, the what? The righteous. Now, isn't that amazing? He says, you need to pursue being without sin. But when you fail, when we fail as Christians, believers, we know that we have disappointed God. We saw this morning, that verse in Isaiah chapter 59, it literally talks about how our sin separates us from God. Yes, before salvation, but even after we are saved, when we are believers and we sin, we are separated from God. And he can't hear our prayers until we confess that and repent of our sin. So our sin separates us. But I sure am glad that we have an advocate, Jesus. Jesus Christ the righteous, who's working on our behalf before God Almighty now understand this if you are in a court court case here in in the land of michigan and uh, you hire a lawyer to go on your behalf before a judge he might argue this well you know uh, they're innocent well they they they, the, the law isn't clear that stop sign was covered by a tree you know whatever they might argue on your behalf to get you off to get you clean listen jesus christ goes before god almighty he can't argue that you and i are sinless he can't argue you that that we didn't mess up that we are innocent no really all he can offer is his propitiation now that's a big word but what that means is that he says listen yes they did wrong but father they put their trust in me a long time ago and every single sin even the one they committed today is under the blood and my friend that ought to thrill our hearts our father our abba father he, through Jesus Christ, is watching over us, taking care of us, and erasing our sin as we confess it. Because why? He's our propitiation, verse 2. And He's the propitiation for our sins. He is the payment. He says, listen, I paid it. I, it's already there. It's already covered. And praise God it is. But here's the great news. And I love this. Never forget it. The rest of the verse says, not ours only, but also for the sins of the, what's the next word? The whole world. Not just part. Not just a few. Jesus Christ died for all. Don't let anybody ever introduce any false doctrine that says that Jesus Christ didn't die for everyone. He died and His sacrifice is sufficient for all. And all they need to do is trust in it. An unbeliever doesn't have an advocate. You and I are privileged beyond degree to have Jesus Christ in heaven going before God Almighty on our behalf. And notice verse number 3. He says this, And hereby, and I want you to understand this, we do know. It, it, It gives me assurance that we know Him if we keep His commandments. Isn't that amazing? We know, I I know, that as I seek and desire to keep his commandments, hey, that's an assurance to me that I am a child of God, that I know him. You say, well, how does that work? Well, let me ask you this. What did Christ prove time and time and time again while he was here on earth? Can man keep the commandments of God? No, man can't. But you take a man who's trusted in Jesus Christ and has the Spirit of God living inside of him, and guess what, friend? We can pursue holiness and righteousness. So as I am yielded to the Holy Spirit, He works in my heart to do exactly what I've been called to do. Because of myself, I cannot be holy. I cannot be righteous. But my friends, when we yield to the Holy Spirit and through God working in us and through us, you and I can obey the commands of God. And I'll tell you, that is the greatest assurance any of us can have of salvation. So what he says notice what he else he says verse number five but whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of god perfected now i don't know how you look at it you can look at it one of two ways and what he makes this statement because there again he says hereby know we that we are in him now now you can look at it two ways and i think both are a valid understanding and interpretation of that verse hereby we know that the love of god is perfected now when you and i we are saved we have an advocate with the father in jesus christ and we put our faith and trust in him and then through the power of the holy spirit and god himself working in us and through us we obey the very word of god i think it's neat that john says that the love of god is perfected in us think of it in terms of this his love (laughs) Is perfected in you and I when he takes a filthy rag of a person covered and scarred and ugly and sin, and he turns him into a creature that is righteous and holy. When he pulls us out of the gutter and the miry clay and he picks you and I up through salvation and redemption and he takes you and I and he changes us into something that we could never dream of being outside of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, that's the love of God perfected. It's the love of God perfected. Because you and I could not be what we are today. How does Paul put it? But By the grace of God, I am what I am. That's for all of us. And I read this verse and I my, my heart is smitten because I realize apart from Christ, I am the most vile, the most filthy sinner there is on earth. But praise be to God, Jesus Christ has made all the difference. And now you and I can live righteously and holy. And even when we fail, the good news is we have an advocate with the Father. But here's the love of here's the love of God perfected. The other way of looking at that is this simple truth. If you and I say we love him, and we don't keep his commandments, literally John in this passage you're a liar. <laughs> if You say you love him, and you don't keep his, his commandments, and you don't follow his word, then, then really you're nothing more but a liar. For, for instance, verse 4, we skipped it, but verse 4. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So you don't want to be a liar, a Christian. If you don't desire to be known as a hypocrite or a liar or a deceiver, don't claim to know God without keeping his commandments. That's what he says. And my friend, if you love God, and our whole goal here at False Story of Baptist Church is to know God, love God, and live for God. If you love God, you can't get any way around it. You can't explain it away, but simply you will love and obey God. If you love him, your love will be expressed in your obedience to him. And therein, from our perspective, our love for God is perfected in our obedience. In our obedience. John lays it out for us. It's so simple, isn't it? And we think, and I'm sitting here and watching the, the little peewee, and, and I tell you, it's just pure entertainment to watch the four-year-olds in the front row, you know? And unfortunately, one of them's mine, so it's a scary entertainment, okay? And, uh, um, because they can't stand still like I can. Okay, anyway, uh, so, I mean, it's pure entertainment, but isn't it amazing how little minds, how much they learn? I mean, they grasp things, and I'm like, whoa! And the older kids, and, and me and the, the uh, second third third graders, fourth and through sixth, and they're quoting all this scripture, and boy, don't you wish your memory worked like that, still, huh? No, I do. I mean, they're memorizing, and they put it in, that is fantastic. And yet, here's the truth. The Christian life boiled down is really simplistic. Love God. And how does that love express itself? Even our children can get it. I obey God. What do they sing? Now, 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 now is the time to... Wow, some of you guys could be in Patch and Peewee. Good job. <laughs> yeah, now is the time to obey. And later on, if I remember, it says don't delay, Right? That's the simplicity of the Scriptures. And honestly, we're all striving after salvation to come to the point where our love is perfected. And it's neat. From heaven's perspective, they say, God has taken us out of the miry clay. He has perfected us. He has changed us into something we could never dream of being by ourselves. And the fact is this, as we yield to the Holy Spirit, as you and I say, well, I don't want sin in my life. And if I do, there's an advocate that I have with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm going to obey and follow God and heed his commandments. And then our love for God, because he's done so much for us, is perfected. So from our perspective, we're seeing that, man, I love God so much. Paul said what? The love of God constraineth me. So from our perspective, what do we want to do? I hope you're challenged tonight from a simple passage in 1 John that you and I would just simply obey. When? Obey now. Now, now, now is the time to obey. How do you obey? Well, he says, suffer the little children to come unto me. My friends, what we do with children is train them to obey. John writes, my little children... These things have I written unto you that you sin not. So let's you and I obey our Heavenly Father. Let's delight in the fact that even uh, when we do, and we're striving to obey and to please Him, our love to be perfected, but when we falter, I am so thankful for that advocate, Jesus Christ, that we have with the Father.